Welcome to the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ podcast. Please enjoy the following study. Have enjoyed uh, our time together this week. Uh, the opportunities uh, that we've had for fellowship. I've gotten to to spend time with many of you, and and uh, throughout the the week, it's flown by as as they typically do. Um, but enjoyed it very much. Talked Wednesday night about who the Lord is, how great He is, how high and lifted up He is. Thank you for your contribution to the assembly as we uh, gave praise to God and, and lifted Him up. Uh, certainly built up uh, from your contribution and your presence. And I hope, uh, as always, as any time I have opportunity to share uh, God's Word, that you'll be able to take and benefit, find some practical application of God's Word in your life, that you'll be strengthened in the faith and that you'll feel that, that your time was uh, well spent this evening. I titled the study Mental Toughness. Um, if you will, uh, might think of it in, in terms of, a, of a, a workout, a spiritual workout. Something that you may have a, a good plan in place uh, that, you, that you focus on, that you exercise on regularly. I, I just, my intention this evening is to point out some areas uh, that we need exercise in. And uh, leave the ball in your court there, and you'll make the judgments. You know uh, where you're at, and, and the Lord knows where all of us are at. Um, the topic, as far as sequence, we talked about how great God is, how He knows all, how He knew the end of the thing from the beginning, how He had a plan before the foundation of the world. We talked about teaching and preaching Jesus Christ because that was the plan. The plan was the redemption of fallen man, and that would happen through the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the preaching of the gospel, our obedience to the gospel. And so we talked about what it takes to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. How great of a work that is was another topic of study. And, you know, we realized that a lot of times when we have a huge task in front of us that we might look at it with a sense of discouragement, thinking, how will I ever get this done? And we talked about what a worthy task that it was, and it's a, uh, God, because of who He is and how great He is, He deserves our best, our, our very best effort in that. Mental toughness I uh, chose this evening because as we take up our cross to follow Christ, as we make that decision to be a disciple, it's not easy street after that. Christ didn't promise that it would be, and it requires a certain mindset. And that's uh, what I want to talk to with you about for a while this evening as we talk about the topic of mental toughness. Uh, the first passage of Scripture that I want us to turn to there is 1 Peter 4 and verse number 1. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 1, the Scripture says, For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin. And we talked about Christ's suffering. We talked about the message of the cross. And notice the message here in reference to Christ, pointing us to Christ as our example. Arm yourselves with the same mind. That word armed, take up weapons, pick up weapons. But these are mental weapons, aren't they? To arm yourself. And it's with a mindset that we arm ourselves. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 58, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding, like a rock. He said, as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. Talked about the great work. You know, there's a lot of works that we do that ultimately they're vanity. We try to keep the yard nice. How long does that last? (laughs) If you're lucky, depending on the weather and the rain, you'll be doing it all again next week, right? And the, the process continues. And all of those things, we have tasks and we spend time doing them. They need to be done. But what profit is there in it? Sometimes we begin to get the mindset that some of the things that we do are not time well spent. And so we need to understand, we need to have the mindset that time that we spend in the work of the Lord is always well spent. It's not in vain. It's not wasted time like so much of the time. And we, we spoke about how our lives revolve around that, that word time, the idea, the clock. From the minute that we come into this world to the minute that we leave. Time is, is such a big thing. And so, none of that time that's spent laboring in the Lord is spent in vain. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7, Apostle Paul told Timothy, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If that word spirit, it's a broad word, but in this context, in our definition there, it's a mental disposition is the, the, the proper uh, definition, the, the ideology there in that passage. God hasn't given us a mental disposition of fear, but rather power and love and a sound mind. Does that mean everyone has a mental disposition of power and love and sound mind? Like any of the blessings that the Lord offers, you have to accept that, don't you? You have to take that. He spreads a feast before you. You have a choice whether or not you're going to partake. And if you watch the news all day long, you will probably be governed by a spirit of fear. If that's all your intake. Isn't that what they want you to? Isn't that their desire for you to be governed by fear? To to frighten you to one end or another? To motivate you? To manipulate you in some way? God doesn't desire for us to be motivated, to be driven by fear, to have a mental disposition of fear. He wants something better for us. Spirit of power. Ability to work strength, to accomplish things. Spirit of love. It's what fuels us to act. Faith which works by love. And of a sound mind. And it's the sound mind that I want to look into a little bit further King James says sound mind, and uh, other translations, self-control. A mental disposition of self-control. My wife works at a school. She told a story once about a little girl that came to the office. You've probably heard similar things. She's in trouble. Why did you do that? The devil made me do it. Well, that's the... And, you know, at some point, I'm sure that was cute to somebody. And they chuckled and they thought, you know, but that point had passed. It wasn't amusing to the, the principal. It wasn't amusing to the teacher. No. 
you're responsible. You have to control yourself. And it's certainly not cute or amusing when adults say, well, I couldn't help it. Well, they made me mad. So we get a pass? He's given us a mindset of self-control. And we have to lay hold on that. We have to accept that. We have to understand that that's the mindset that He desires of us. That He requires of us. That yes, you can. It's important that we understand that it starts with our mindset. What are we thinking? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and verse number 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3, he says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Where we started at when he said, arm yourself, that word is a, a derivative of this word, weapons. This word, weapons, is the instrument. And the word, arm yourself, is the action of picking that weapon up. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. What does he describe them as? They're mighty through God. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. The weapons are the mindset that he teaches us, that we learn in Christ. That we arm ourselves with the mind that Christ had. The mentality, the mental disposition that He had. They're mighty. Those weapons are mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. They can accomplish great things. A mental disposition of power. The ability to do work and do it quickly. And love and have a sound mind. When I think about the characteristics of mental toughness, um, the aspects, the traits, if you will. I listed six of them that I want to go through this evening that I can pin up easily on my bulletin board that, that sits there over my desk, my computer, and that I ought to work on regularly, that I ought to examine myself regularly, I ought to look at it and say, I need, I need some work. I, I haven't worked out in that area. You know, we may do that. We may go, hey, we need a little more cardio exercise. We need a little more strength training. We need a little more flexibility. There's all these physical exercises that we could do to benefit us. There's more important exercises that we need to be doing and we need to be regular about. Certainly, I wouldn't claim to, this to be some sort of exhaustive list that would cover everything, but it's what I want to study about with you this evening. And the first I want to talk about our confidence. Confidence is something that we're encouraged to have and Typically, we're encouraged to have all of the wrong kind of confidence. The world encourages us to have confidence. And um, God does too, but it's different. It's different. It's mighty. Philippians 3, verse number 3, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Wait a minute. I thought we were supposed to have confidence. We are. But it's not in the flesh. What does this mean? He brings up the circumcision. Some people have confidence in their ancestry, right? In their bloodline. Well, our forefathers, they had a relationship with God and we're their descendants. And so we're God's favor. 
Maybe they, they looked down on others, despised, looked on them with contempt because they, they felt superior because of who their parents were, their grandparents were. No. The flesh shouldn't be the source of confidence. People have the flesh as a source of confidence maybe because of the IQ that they have. Well, I took a test and it says my IQ is this. So therefore, I'm, I'm mighty and you are weak. No. Our confidence is not in the flesh. Whatever aspect of the flesh, it might be physical strength. It won't last. Our confidence is not to be in the flesh. Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 24. Proverbs 3, 24, he says, When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden, sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. The Lord is our confidence. At night when we go to bed, is what, what's our confidence? That we armed the security system? Is that what keeps us from being afraid? Why do we have a spirit of fear? What are we afraid of? The Lord hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. The Lord's our confidence. This idea of laying down in peace and sleeping. Psalms chapter 4, if you're a note taker, talks about that. He says, for thou only, Lord, makest me dwell in safety. Talked about how he would sleep peacefully with his confidence in the Lord. That's where our confidence belongs. Not in the flesh, not in some other man, in the Lord. And that's where we need to exercise our confidence. And if it's a man that you turn to all the time, that's probably where your confidence will lie. If you are arrogant and proud and you think you have all the answers, your, your confidence is in yourself. It's in a man. It's in the wrong place. And if you're constantly sitting at the Lord's feet and learning of Him, that's probably where your confidence will lie. Our confidence is in the Lord and not in man. Romans chapter 8, verse number 31. What shall we say, then say to these things if God be for us? Who can be against us? A statement of confidence in God. I'm not afraid of men. They may prevail over me physically, but I'm not afraid of them. If God's for me, then who can be against me? What individual, what collection of individuals could stand against the mighty God of heaven? And so our confidence is in the Lord. We need to exercise our focus. I know this is true for myself. Easily distracted. I don't know about you. But this is an exercise that we're given in the Scripture. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. Have this mindset. Have this mentality. And if anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Notice the focus, the statement. And I struggle with this a little bit because I picked this. This idea of focus, he says, this is the one thing I do. And so I zoomed in on that phrase. And I said, there's this, this idea of this laser focus. And then he lists several things. And I was like, wait a minute, I got, 
I got lost. Did you miss? I missed it. I had to go back and, and reread. He says, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I'm already at two. <laughs> he says, I press toward the mark. The one thing is I press. But notice, for the press, for the work, for the mental disposition of power, there's a prevailing mindset. A clear mind, a focused mind. I've forgotten those things which are behind. Some people get hung up on that. Sometimes it's hard not to let that drag you down. I've messed up so much. I've wasted so much time. I've been wrong so many times. Whatever the case might be, you can get all tripped up on that. The Apostle Paul had a little, he had some some past guilt, didn't he, that he struggled with? And he taught us about the focus through that inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, I've got to put, forget those things that are behind. And I've got to look forward and I've got to press. I have to stay focused. It's easy to get distracted. There's so much distraction. There's so much white noise. It's so easy to get distracted. This one thing I do, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Another passage that teaches us of focus. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1, he says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Remember the chapter before where he's talked about all these examples of great men and women of faith? Some people refer to it as a hall of fame of faith. And then he starts this statement. We're compassed about so great a cloud of witnesses. The words of one song said, heaven is cheering us on. That, that concept of, the, of these witnesses, this arena, these spectators to, to the challenges that we're facing. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And there's a contrast made there between things that are sinful that we need to set aside and things that are just weighing us down. Some things there there may not be anything wrong with in and of themselves. But he makes the illustration of running a race. I used to train for a running race uh, in various ways. Weight vest put on, parachutes you would drag, different ways of, of creating resistance to strengthen yourself for a race. He says when it came time for competition, you didn't, you didn't run the competition in a weight vest. When you were competing for the prize, you didn't have the parachute strapped to you. And when you're running the race, when you're talking about what really matters and following after Christ, there are some things that you just need to cast off to the side. And there may not be anything wrong with them in and of themselves, but you can't stare at your phone eight hours a day and do the work that the Lord has for you to do. You can't do it. Not possible. Can't play video games 40 hours a week and do all the work that the Lord has for you to do. So on and so forth. We could continue with the list. You get the idea. 
Is there anything wrong with looking at your phone? Is there anything wrong? No. There's, is there something wrong with playing video? No. It's about what is your weight? What is it for you that's it's really only holding you back? And it's not helping you move forward in. And perhaps you just, it's time to lay it aside and to move on and to advance and to stay focused. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame that is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so again, we're pointing to Christ as our example. And I made mention that as we are. Uh, determined and as we set out to serve Christ, that it's not a cakewalk all of the time, that it's not easy, it's not without challenge, it's not without difficulty. So how do you stick to it? How do you stay when you want to rest, when you want to step off the track, when you want to quit maybe? What do you do? He says, look to Jesus. How did he endure the cross? Did he want to, Did he want that? Did he want to endure the cross? Didn't he pray for some other end, some other avenue than that? But he endured the cross. How? With a focused heart and mind. It says, for the joy that was set before him. He looked through the cross to what was on the other side of the cross. For the strength that he needed to endure what took place at the cross. And so that's our example that we look to Jesus, we arm ourselves with the same mind, the mind of focus on the mission and the task. And looking what's ahead and enduring what we must in between. And in verse 3, he says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. This is why we need to exercise the mind. If you become weary, and faint in your mind, what are you going to do? You're going to step off the track. If you're running those laps and you and you keep saying, I can't do it, I can't do it, I'm not going to be able to finish, what are you going to do? You're not going to be able to finish. And he tells us and teaches us to get our mind to Christ, to His focus, and endure. And remember the things that He endured to find our strength and stay focused so that we can finish our course. He talks about our motivation in Revelation Chapter 21 and verse number 6. The Bible says, He said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst, a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, the unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Did you catch that? I underlined it for you. I hope that you did. I emphasized. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I'll be his God. First draft of this study that I put together, this section of my notes was fairly lengthy as I talked about the motivations that we have to stay in the race, to stay in the fight, to not give up, to not get weary, to not faint. And it, as I went through a, a time or two, I thought, if this passage doesn't cover it, ten passages won't cover it. To him that overcomes, 
shall inherit all things, and I'll be his God. We think about the prizes. We talked about Solomon last night, all the wealth as he built that temple and all that went into it, all the, the stockpile that David had laid up. And uh, the scripture says that, that silver was as common as stones the days of Solomon. The, the amount of, of, of wealth and gold and silver and all those things that went into that temple. And at the end of it, at the dedication of it, of, at what David prepared and as Solomon completed that temple, they both said very similar things. Everything that we've given you is already yours. And who are we to offer anything? You know, some people might take a lot of stock in some sort of inheritance that they might get, some wealth that they may acquire while on this earth. But the motivation that we have from our Father in heaven is that the one that overcomes will inherit all things. They'll be a joint heir with Christ. They'll be called a child of God for eternity. And if that's not enough motivation, I, I don't know what would be. I don't know what would be. Other than the verses that immediately follow. Which is the alternative. Either way, there ought to be complete motivation to stay in it, to stay focused, to stay in the race. Exercise that and remind yourself of the motivation. First John chapter 5, verse number 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. To him that overcomes, the one that overcomes, he that overcomes shall inherit all things. And so let's stay motivated to stay in the race, to stay in the fight. We consider that sometimes mentally, We've got our mind around the task, the work that needs to be done. We know what God would have us to do. And we have a task before us, and sometimes it's scary. Sometimes we, we're going to have to put ourselves at risk to do the work. Sometimes we look at it and go, I don't, I don't know if I can do it. And so it requires courage. And courage is something that needs to be exercised, a mindset that needs to be exercised. Psalm 27, verse number 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to acquire this temple again. See, a mindset of courage, of focused courage. There's just one goal, one desire, the end game to dwell with the Lord in eternity. And I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to take that mindset of fear. And be courageous whether it's one enemy or an army of enemies that I face. It's a mindset that takes mental exercise, work. In Hebrews 13, verse number 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And I think that's what we see there in the Psalm of David. A bold statement that says, the Lord is my helper, 
and I'm not afraid of men. It's easier to say than it is to do. But to do it, your mind has to be set. Your mind has to be made up that you're going to and that you're going to endure. This involves composure. Something that has to be exercised as well. A wise man, Solomon, said this in Ecclesiastes 7, verse number 19. Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city. What's that? The mindset. Wisdom strengthens the wise more than ten mighty men. The weapons of our warfare aren't carnal. Mental disposition. Listen to what he goes on to say after that statement. For there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Also, take no heed unto all words that are spoken, lest I hear thy servant curse thee. For oft times also thine own heart knoweth that thou thyself likewise hast cursed others. All of this have I proved by wisdom, and I said I will be wise, but it was far from me. So I read that, I wonder, why does he make that statement right there in connection with that? Take no heed to all words that are spoken. When I think about the events that I see around us, I, I wonder, do we teach that anymore? I, I remember we used to say things that resembled that. You know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We used to, we used to teach things like that. Just ignore it. Just, just don't pay any attention to it. Isn't that what he's saying? You've got to be able to let some things roll off your shoulder. And what's the, the logic that he uses for that? What if somebody says something that's hateful about you? What if somebody says something that's not true about you? What if somebody says something that hurts your feelings and it's not fair and they, they didn't understand all the circumstances? Do we have this ability to just not pay attention to all words that are spoken? And look at the logic. Let me ask you this question now. Have you ever said something that was unfair about somebody else? Have you ever rushed to judgment when you didn't know all the circumstances and, and, and come to a conclusion that wasn't fair to that person and made a statement, made a judgment about that? And that's the logic that he uses. Just stop and think for a second. You've said things that you shouldn't, and other people are going to do it too. And sometimes... Maybe you're not going to be able to let that go and the, the Scripture has a, a recipe for dealing with, with, with things. But what about this as a, as a good starting point, as a good mindset, as a mental disposition? I'm just going to let it go. I'm just going to let it go. That wasn't fair. They don't know all the circumstances. They don't know all the details. And I'm not at liberty to disclose all the circumstances and details if I'm going to honor God. Maybe I don't have to go defend my honor and, and straighten everybody out. Maybe I can just let some things go. Having some composure. And that's where, you know, back to the state, well, well they made me mad. I, I've read countless numbers of social media posts for the start of some sort of disclaimer. And I thought, oh boy, here we go. Well, excuse me, or, or pardon my language, but, or, or I know I shouldn't say this. Well, then don't. Have some composure. Steady yourself. It's a mindset. It's making up your mind. 
And it's being able to let some things go. Ephesians 4, verse number 26. Be angry and sin not. It's okay to get upset. God gave us our emotions. But He instructs us on how to deal with them. And He requires restraint. Because they made me mad isn't a valid excuse. And there's the passage of Scripture from God's Word that expressly says that. It's not okay. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And he goes on as that, that passage wraps up. And he says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor or shouting and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Deal with it. It needs to be dealt with in a proper godly way. You don't need to bottle it up and let it fester and cause bitterness and all these things. There's a godly way to deal with it. And God expects you to be composed. He expects you to have a mental disposition of self-control. And he doesn't buy this, well, I couldn't help myself. That's not what we learn in Christ. You can help yourself. You just didn't. You wouldn't. You refused to. And when we accept that, then we can begin to make the needed corrections. So arm yourself with the mindset of composure. Arm yourself with a mindset of resiliency. This is a passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 6. He says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge, the glory of God, in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down but not destroyed. Does that sound like easy street to you? Hey, we were following Christ and it was just a cakewalk. Everything was great. No, it was hard. And people, knocked, people pushed him down. People kicked him down. They threw him in jail. They cursed him. They railed on him. They slandered him. They accused him falsely. Physical violence. And on and on and on. And what did they do? They got back up. And they got back to work. A little bit later in the same chapter, verse number 16, he says, For which cause we faint not. Remember he said in Hebrews, lest you become weary and faint in your mind. He says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. This mental disposition, this mind frame, this mindset, the body's going to decay. If you're blessed to continue life, the body physically will decay. Is that a reason to go get weary and faint in your mind? He said that can happen. And even with that going on, the inward man can get stronger and stronger, renewed and strengthened and continue to grow and to thrive. This is what he says in verse 17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Someone might say, what do you mean light affliction? You don't know anything about what I've suffered through. You don't know anything about what I've had to endure. And I may not. I may not. 
but I know this. Whatever it is, it's light for the reason that he mentions right here, because it's just for a little while. And that's what he says. Our light affliction, which is for a little while, versus eternity. And that's a mindset. To have resiliency, you have to have that right mindset that whatever it is, is just a little bit compared to eternity. Resiliency. I think of the movie Rocky. Absolutely don't endorse it. Don't say, hey, the preacher said we need to watch all the Rocky movies. Oh, is there like 27 of them or something? I don't know. There used to be four or five, and then I think they made some new ones, and they keep going and keep coming out. And, I mean, spoiler alert, if you want to cover yours, if you haven't seen, it's all the same movie. Why would someone watch the same movie seven times? Resiliency. Because this guy gets beat to a pole and he keeps getting back up. He keeps getting back up. He keeps getting back up. And that's what I see in the past. The Apostle Paul, real resiliency that mattered. Not some bout, some boxing gloves for pride and glory and money or something like that. But working for the Lord, getting beat to a pole, and getting back up and wiping yourself off and going in for the next round. And saying, if there's 15 more rounds, so be it. I'll get back in the fight. I'll keep going. I'll finish my course. I'll run my race. I'll endure what I'm called to endure. Because God deserves everything I have. And whatever it is, it'll just be for a little while. And then there will be eternity. Let me wrap up and review this evening. Exercise your confidence and get it in the right place. If you're not battling against pride, you might be losing to it. Get your confidence in the right place. Get it in God and the Lord. Be regular in His Word. Get the reproof that you need from it. Accept it when it comes from His Word. Accept it when it comes from a brother or sister in Christ. And have your confidence in God, not in yourself, not in the flesh. Stay focused. There's one goal. And that's to dwell with God in eternity. So forget about what's behind. Get focused on the goal ahead and press toward the mark for the prize. The promise of God is the one that overcomes will inherit all things and be his child. That ought to be sufficient motivation. There's also ought to be the terror of the Lord on the alternative option. Exercise courage. Make up your mind. I'm going to do what's right. If you wait till you're in the middle of the fight, you say, well, you know, I'll get in the fight and if things aren't going well, well, maybe I'll... You're probably going to bow out if you don't have your mind made up ahead of time. Have a mental disposition of courage that says, I'm going to do what's right. And if I get knocked down and beat up for it, then I'll keep my composure and I'll be resilient and I'll get back in the fight. Note takers, I put meekness up there under composure. Study the idea of meekness. A lot of people just make that as a synonym for humility. It has to do with maintaining your composure when you're wrongfully treated. 
when you're persecuted. We see the meekness of Christ and the way that he handled himself when he was treated wrong, and we're pointed to that. God expects us to be composed and to maintain our composure. And he expects us to have resiliency and stay in the fight, realizing the value, realizing what's at stake. And so I hope that you'll exercise yourself unto godliness, that you'll recognize that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, and that you'll develop mental toughness. If I ask you the question tonight, what what would it take for you to walk away from the church? So I've thought a lot about that when I've known some people, and I've gone back to check on them and see them, and they weren't there anymore. I went and looked them up. So what? What happened? What went wrong? Where did you go? And different people, I've heard different things. Some people, somebody upset them. Oh, so-and-so said this about me and it wasn't true. Would you let that cause you to walk away from the Lord in this church? Do you realize what's at stake? What would you allow to cause you to turn away from the church? I hope the answer is nothing. No one. There's too much at stake. And I I think we'll do well to exercise in the area of mental toughness, to realize that all of us, we all need work. We all need to be strengthened from the Word. And we can examine ourselves in these areas and many others and exercise ourselves unto God in us to have a mindset, to have a, a mind that's steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, overflowing in that work, pressing toward the mark. Lesson yours this evening. If you're here tonight and you have a spiritual need, we never like to close the service without offering an invitation. As we've mentioned earlier in the week, this congregation is confident and convicted in the message, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus told us to preach the gospel, that he that believes and is baptized will be saved, he that believes not will be condemned. And so they stand ready. They stay prepared if someone has been taught the gospel and they need to obey that, they've made all the preparations, they've got clothes to change into, towels to dry off with, and they'd be happy to serve you. And if you have a spiritual need, if you've done that, and you need the prayers of your brothers and sisters in Christ, we're not in that big of a hurry. We'll serve one another in love. So if we can be of any service to you this evening, if you have a spiritual need, let that be known by having a seat on one's front pews while together we stand and sing the songs face here. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. For further information about our church, please go to normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com.